0: Hello, and welcome to RBC Disruptors. I'm John Stackhouse. Everywhere I go in this country, people are talking about talent. How does Canada compete? How do we get the best people? How do we get the best out of our people? And how do we grow as a country that can be a talent hub? If there's any company I hear referred to more than any other, it's Shopify. And I'm here in Ottawa with Harley Finkelstein from Shopify to talk about how they're growing and how they're using talent for their growth to create a Canadian champion. Harley, welcome to RBC Disruptors. Thank you for
1: having me, John. Really appreciate being on the show.
0: Let's uh let's talk first about your growth plans. Yeah.
1: Shoplight today has over 3,000 employees uh, that work here. In fact, that employee base has increased by about 50% from 2000, uh, 2000 to 3000 people from 2017 to 2018. We currently have offices in Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, Waterloo, uh, San Francisco, Berlin, Lithuania, and lots of people that are remote. And uh, we're looking to hire thousands more in the coming years just across Canada alone. So a lot of growth on our, on our talent side, and we think we're hiring the best and the brightest people all over the world. And in fact, we've actually had more international engineers relocate to work in Canada in recent months than we've seen in the previous decade because we think there's just so many great R&D opportunities here. And Shopify alone, we've uh, we've brought about 200 uh, talented individuals to relocate to Ottawa since 2016 from about 50 countries. So I know there's, there's sort of this sentiment out there that it's tough to hire here. It's tough to find talent. It's tough to keep our, our brightest students but we're not really seeing that.
0: So what are you doing to attract these people?
1: So there's a there's a term that's been, uh, it's, it's in the air right now called swagger that you and I were just talking about. And I think Shopify is a company that uh, has traditionally had a little bit more swagger than other Canadian companies. And I don't mean to think we're, we're great at it, we still can be a bit louder, but I think the Canadian tech, Business ecosystem tends to be a bit modest and humble, and I think we are we are as well. But we tend to flex our muscles a little bit more about just the amazing opportunities. And if you're an engineer uh, or you're someone uh, in sort of the technical uh, professions who wants to solve big problems that's going to affect commerce and retail all over the world, we think there's no better place than Shopify, and we're not we're not shy to say that.
0: So th- th- there's lots of other places these people could go, Silicon Valley, Europe, Asia, lots of great things happening there, lots of places with swagger. What's the selling proposition to get them to Canada and then to get them to Ottawa or Waterloo or Toronto?
1: I think the selling proposition to start with Canada is a simpler one because there's no question that we're having a bit of a mom- moment right now. Now, whether that's because we're so great or other countries are uh, lacking certain I don't know, character, I guess, or certain cultural characteristics that maybe they once had, Canada's definitely having a moment. So the ability to recruit people and bring them to Canada, I think, has gotten easier than it has been in the past. In terms of Shopify, for a long time, we were this kind of Ottawa-based company that most people didn't know. And I think now we're a leader in our space. We're a leader in commerce globally. We have now told our story around the world. Certainly, the IPO sort of brought us front and center uh, in markets all over the the planet. And I think that um, we've just created a very compelling story as to why this is such a great place to work. In the last couple of years, we've moved leaders from companies like Amazon and Google and Facebook and, and basically every major tech company, not just to Shopify, but in some cases from Silicon Valley to Canada. In some cases, we've done that in the middle of the winter in February. And February in Ottawa is is a challenging environment if you're coming from S- Silicon Valley or San Francisco. But I think we saw the opportunity uh, well, and, and people, once they come here, they tend to become ambassadors for uh, for others moving here as well. I lived in Ottawa once for one winter. How that, was that
0: was uh that was enough. Yeah. Uh but the city's changed. I uh, it is such a great place now. There's nightlife here. There's uh there's a buzz on the streets and there's a lot more than government. It is not the one-horse town that it was uh 25 years ago. But Ottawa has had its tech moments before, going back to the uh to the Nortel days. And I wonder how it's different this time and what Ottawa has to offer that maybe people don't know about.
1: Yeah. So I moved to Ottawa in 2005 to go to law school. And even then, it was still a bit of a government town. There was sort of uh, not a sleepiness to it, but it certainly wasn't as dynamic as, let's say, Miami or Montreal or Toronto was. But a lot has changed in in Ottawa. And I think one of the things that's happened is uh, we are a G7 capital. I think we began to be, I think Ottawa itself started to get a little more swagger. And I think uh, a lot of it has to do with not just Shopify, but a lot of startups being built here. People now have... uh, through companies like ours and, and others, have some liquidity so they can buy houses, they can invest in the community. And I, I think it's just an amazing city. My wife and I have decided that we'll spend probably the rest of our lives in Ottawa, and we say that in a very proud way. From a living perspective, I have friends that live all over the world that come to visit us here, and, and they sort of can't believe that I'm a one-hour from a great ski hill. Uh, I have you know, maybe not 50 great restaurants, but I have 20 great restaurants within walking distance that I can skateboard to work every single day, that my daughter can pick any of the greatest schools on the planet and that are right around the corner from us. There's something about Ottawa that is really, really special. And I think I think most people have the wrong impression about what's happening here. And I've taken it um, almost personally on that I want to sort of be a bit of an ambassador and evangelist for what's happening in Ottawa, because I, I think it is one of the greatest cities uh, on the planet. Uh, there was sort of a, you know, a renaissance that happened. This isn't the first time we're seeing a bit of a, a cultural or a tech renaissance in Ottawa. You did see that a couple of years ago, Nortel and sort of some of the Canada, you know, Terry Matthews companies that, that had happened there. I think the big difference was that was outside of the city. And I think what's happening now is all the cool stuff happening in Ottawa, all the good stuff, all the growth is happening kind of inside of the city. And I think that makes a big difference. Um, And I think that has a lot to do with lifestyle. And if you look around, the people that work here at Shopify, even the Ottawa office, most of them live within walking distance or at least in biking distance of the office. And so the fact that you're able to create this great lifestyle for yourself all within sort of the downtown, greater downtown area of Ottawa, I think is really important. And not to say that the the companies built out of the Canada didn't have that, but it was it was sort of, you know, it was suburban as opposed to being an urban sort of renaissance.
0: Let's talk a bit about the talent that Shopify is trying to attract and develop.
1: What do you look for? So. You know, obviously, this is a software company, and so uh, a lot of the hiring we do is sort of in the R&D technology field. So engineers, UX designers, uh, product managers, and product directors, um, people that really have technical skills. But frankly, we have a, a large business group as well, from sales to marketing to BD partnerships, a big support group as well. I would say across the board, we try to hire people at Shopify that aren't necessarily entrepreneurs per se, but have a bit of an entrepreneurial mentality. People that truly care about solving complicated problems with simple solutions. People that, it's funny, uh, I was giving a tour to uh, an eighth grade high school or a middle school yesterday here in Ottawa. And someone raised their hand and said, how do I get a job at Shopify? And I said, well, what are you into? And they said, well, I'm i am into tennis. I was like, oh, that's cool. Well, tell me about, you know, do you, do you play in a tennis team? Or, you know, they're like, well, at our school, we don't have a tennis team. And I'm like, well, what we look for at Shopify is the person who wants to play on a tennis team and says, and and realizes there's no tennis team at that school and says, all right, I'm going to create one. And that sort of founder mentality, that's really what we look for here. Um, We look for people that are deeply, deeply resourceful. Historically, I think we've um, mostly hired people for potential, not necessarily for experience. And that was kind of a cute way for us to, um, in the early days where we had no money, to bring on really good people that may have not costed us that much money because we just couldn't afford that. We were able to get equity in those days, but we weren't able to pay massive salaries. More recently now that companies a lot bigger, we're able to bring on people with really deep experience over a long period of time. And that's been amazing. And uh, But as a whole, I think the types of people we look for at Shopify are people that are deeply resourceful, people that um, can get shit done, um, and, and people that... Um, really like solving problems. Um, it, this is for most of us here. And again, we're over 3,000 people here. But I would say for most people that work here, uh, myself included, and um, and certainly for the leadership team, we are doing our life's work at Shopify. This is not a job for us. This is everything to us. And um, I think a lot of the reason that people come to work here every single day is because um, they feel very fortunate to be able to do their life's work during their life which was not the case for my parents or grandparents who basically worked jobs most of their lives that they didn't love so they can eventually retire to go do their life's work um, I think we are all very fortunate in 2018 and I, I know I know you very well John and uh, you know I, I put you in this bucket that we can all do our life's work during our life that is something that uh, wasn't accessible to our um, to previous generations
0: you said something really important that you hire for potential rather than experience how, how do you
1: test for that couple different ways. There's some obvious ones that have been written in books. So, you know, asking someone to explain something that is fairly complicated in pretty simple terms, uh, you can understand the way they think about things. For some, we, we often will ask them to tell us sort of their, their life story, not necessarily because we care about any particular point of their life story, but just to kind of understand the type of things, the type of challenge that they've encountered and how they sort of solve those challenges. And you can sort of sniff out potential fairly quickly like that. It's also interesting to hear uh, the motivations for why people do things. So. I didn't go to law school to become a lawyer. I went to law school to become an entrepreneur. I've, I've said that a lot, and frankly, for anyone listening, if you're if you're looking to do higher education and you you are an entrepreneur and you want to become a better entrepreneur, my own personal view, actually, I, I felt law school was more instrumental in that than business school than my MBA. Law school taught me how to write, how to think, how to debate, how to critical reason, how to read a ton, uh, and how to pick up the one line that matters. So um, asking someone, hey, why'd you do this, and, and them saying, well, I just did it because I, I wanted to get a, I wanted to be a lawyer. Well, that's okay, but if the, if you they actually explain it to you on a much deeper level that, well, I really thought law school would teach me how to be more articulate or how to think differently or how to um, better uh, better argue or think critically. Um, you kind of get to the heart of what makes people tick. And I think that's how you can sniff out potential.
0: You also take a team-based approach to uh, to hiring. How does that help?
1: So just to, just to be clear, you mean in terms of the interview process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I think that by meeting a larger plethora of people through the process one it gives more perspectives on how what what the quality of the candidate is but if you're talking about hiring really good candidates which we absolutely are at Shopify the interview process is not just our our ability to sniff out whether or not they're good for us but you should also they should also be thinking about if they're a good fit for you as well and I think that most companies use the interview process simply to assess the candidate. But if they are good candidates, and I would say that I've, I've seen this across the board, they're also sniffing at whether or not Shopify is a company for you. If they can go to any great company on the planet and they decide on Shopify, then by them meeting more people in the interview process, they also get a sense of, okay, it's not just this one recruiter who I connect with, but I connect with three or four different people. And I know it takes more time and it's it's probably more expensive from a hourly basis perspective. But I think it's very worthwhile for companies to think about having candidates, especially good candidates, meet more than just the recruiter in the process.
0: That's a really important point because I get the sense from a lot of Canadian companies, everyone talks about top talent. Uh, but if you're truly going after top talent, especially on a global level, you got to be selling yourself as an organization, and you're up against the very best in the world. Uh, so you've got to sell your geographic location, but you got to sell your culture yeah, it's and also, your ambition.
1: And that's right. And the best way for them to actually see the culture is for them to meet more people. The culture is not the fact that we have all these chefs or the fact that people get maid service and, and cleaning service in their homes. We like Those are just perks. Once you get here, the only reason we have those things is to make the people that work here's lives better. The way that they sniff out culture is by meeting more people and understanding how they got to Shopify as well. I think also um, one thing that, that I've been doing for years is I take a lot of trips to random cities to visit candidates. Even candidates, I know that it's a long shot that they're ever going to leave their big job at, in Seattle or something or in San Francisco and come move to Canada. But I've been doing this for a long period of time. In fact, probably since day one since I joined Shopify. And what I find is by investing longer term in some of these conversations with sort of these quote unquote dream candidates, eventually they call you and say, Hey, that conversation we've been having over the last three years, I'm ready to sort of make a move. I'm ready to get more serious about this dialogue. And I think that a lot of companies are far too short-term greedy with very high quality candidates. Whereas I'm happy to invest, um, you know, a couple hours a year uh, in a candidate who may eventually give me a call and say, I'm ready to make the move to Canada. I'm ready to come to Shopify. And that makes it all worthwhile.
0: I, I love that attitude. Uh, I've tried to do the, something similar of just going after people, meeting them every year, taking five years plus, and finally you get that call. Their life changes, they have kids, the kids get in school in a place where they don't want them to go to school. They've got aging parents or Canada just ups swagger, Ottawa right. ups swagger, and yeah. they say, Okay. I'm, I'm ready, ready to do it.
1: And and and, on, and and the great part is some of the greatest candidates, I mean, that's for, for really, really high uh, capacity, high quality candidates, that's the way it works. They're not just going to, on the first meeting, leave their big job at one of the, you know, biggest tech companies on the planet where they have a big team and they're making all this kind of money and got great opportunity. I think by investing a little bit over time, you, you get a much better result and and it, it does pay off.
0: In fact, the best people are often, they don't even have time to think about leaving what they're doing. It's that's not right. even a, a, on, on their brain. And that in a way makes them ideal, but it That's correct. makes the challenge greater for you. That's right. But you're also, you, you, you've got a lot of hard skills to fill here, especially on the development side and Shopify is doing some incredible innovation. Uh, maybe you want to talk a bit about uh, dev and what you've you've created with Carlton, and yeah. you may take to yeah, other so, schools.
1: So um, I have a two-year-old daughter now, and one of the conversations my wife and I uh, talk a lot about is, is whether or not she's going to go to traditional university one day. I mean, that's 16 years away, so we got a lot of time. But, um, and you know, my wife's a you know, psychotherapist. I, I went to, I'm a lawyer by trade, so we, we both you know, went to higher education. And, and we both got a lot of value from education, but we're just not sure Bailey, our daughter, will have the same opportunity. And one of the things we think about is there's a good chance that her version of edu- higher education will likely look a lot more like apprenticeships, internships, mentorships, things of that nature, where it's a lot more practical. And so that, that's on a personal level. But I think Shopify, we at Shopify, we also believe that practicality is also really, really important. Uh, you know, Toby notoriously and, or famously never went to university, right? And and I think he's one of the most brilliant people I've ever met in my my whole life. Um, so, you know, just because you went to university doesn't mean you're going to be successful or you're going to be smarter per se. But we felt that there was an opportunity for us to uh act as a bit of a catalyst for sort of the evolution, innovation, in education. And so about two years ago, we went to the local university here, Carleton University, and we said, we'd like to create something, a dev degree program, which would be very much a work-integrated learning program combining accredited university courses at Carleton with, um, with double the experience of a traditional co-op. So spending a lot more time inside a Shopify learning around how to code, how to build products, how to write, uh, how to build software. And it took a lot of work to do that because that doesn't fit the traditional mold of what the Ministry of Education of Canada allows for. But by teaming up with a very, you know, great, uh, well-respected university like Carleton, we were able to go together to the Ministry of Education and explain, here's what we want to do. And in the end, we were able to get that pushed through and get that accredited. And so now we have uh, we have a lot of students that started last year and more students coming every every year now, joining this dev degree program where they spend a great deal of their time at Shopify learning how to be an engineer from the perspective of, of actual building products for people around the world. And that's been really exciting. And, and, and so that really is sort of at the university uh, layer. And certainly, it also means that from our perspective, not only can we help um, get people better ready, we think, for what they will do after they graduate, but it also gives us a great pipeline of some incredible talent. The second thing we're doing is sort of a little bit further down the stack, which is what we call Dev Discover, which is uh, we're working with 10 organizations in, in Ottawa and in Toronto. And really the idea is to expand uh, computing education program and partnerships to encourage kids and and people that are sort of teenagers and youth in general to think about learning about software development and computer engineering at a much earlier age. Uh, One of my biggest regrets is that the first time I sort of learned the basics of software development was Codecademy which was in 2011 here, I was a year or two into Shopify. And I felt that my ability to do my job was limited by the fact that I didn't speak the nomenclature, I didn't understand the language as well. The reason I didn't do that in undergrad or in high school was in high school it wasn't offered number one. In undergrad, it felt like I had to choose either I did the economics degree or I went into computer engineering, I wasn't able to take an elective of comp sci 101. And I think a lot has changed. Now, if I was in that back in undergrad, I certainly would take a, a one-on-one course on software engineering or, or computer engineering. I would probably take a course on UX design. I would probably take a course on product management because I think, I think all businesses in the future are gonna be tech companies whether or not they admit it or not. One of the
0: aspects of your development program with Carleton that I find absolutely fascinating is that it's a, a social leveler and has become in some ways an equalizer. It's given equal access in ways that institutions haven't been able to do, you know, we talk a lot about the gender imbalance in engineering schools, and this has created opportunities that have drawn in a lot more women into this program. What should employers across the country learn from your approach and what you're doing with with Carleton? Yeah,
1: I mean, first of all, I think that what you're talking about is sort of not just the story of computer engineering or, or the future of education. I think it's the story of entrepreneurship, that the whole thing has been democratized, that if you go back 10, 20, 30, 50 years ago, the number one criteria for starting a business was was the requirement of capital. And that's no longer the case. In fact, that's the entire objective of Shopify is that what if everyone had the ability to Commercialize their hobby or take an idea they have to market and they don't have rich parents they don't have any experience what if we can democratize the entire idea of being an entrepreneur but in terms of uh, what employers can do in terms of recruiting in the future I think number one you got to throw out the the traditional playbook if you've had a model for 20 years of how you recruit from universities it's likely broken and you may not even know it Hopefully you do see that you're not getting maybe the right talent anymore because other companies that are more innovative are are getting better talent. But I absolutely do think that the old playbook's just not working anymore. There are wonderful people, uh, wonderful candidates who are not in the traditional programs that you would think. Maybe they're at some vocational school. Maybe they actually have, you know, you meet them through their side hustle. They've got a business on the side. Maybe they're just, I, I think that. In the past, what you would do as a traditional recruiter, at least I'm told, because um, uh, Shopify is really the first job I've ever had, and I've been here for about a decade, so I don't don't actually know this firsthand. But what I'm told is that you tended to do these on-campus recruiting events where you went to the faculty of engineering and you said, give me your top 10 students, and I want to interview them. And I just don't think that's how it's done anymore. Number one, uh, the best. You know, recruits for you may not be in that particular faculty, they may be in a different faculty. Also the top 10 students may not necessarily be the bright recruits for you. And if you wanna hire someone like a Toby, for example, like Siemens who hired Toby years ago before Shopify in Germany, he isn't in the traditional programs, right? And so I think you sort of need to throw out the the playbook. I think there also is an appetite on the university side for companies like ours and others to go to them and say, hey, why don't we actually take a totally different approach to this thing? Let's create a different program, let's get it endorsed, and let, let's make sure that the government supports this thing which they will because I think they're actually um, they're quite excited about this innovation in education. I think there's an opportunity for you to go to your local universities and say, let's do something different. Let's actually give students more credit for working in an office. Let's not make a co-op a nice to have or this. You basically are in school and then a little bit of a couple hours a week you go work in this company. Let's make it a true cooperative whereby students are learning practical skills in, in the business at the same time learning a lot of the pedagogical theory and, and high level stuff in their classes. And so this is not just something Shopify can do. This is something that every great Canadian company can do and should be doing. And I would be hard pressed to think of a scenario whereby a great company has a great idea but how to reframe education with a local university and that local university says, no, we're not interested.
0: I suspect the vast majority of students would agree with you. Most businesses would agree with you. Academics, maybe a bit more challenging. How, how, how do you convince them?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've met a lot of great academics. Some of them, you you know, as well, like, for example, some of the folks that we're friends with at the Creative Destruction Lab in University of Toronto. I think there's a lot more people, more and more, there are more people with that philosophy of the future education than the traditional one, which is we're tenured. Let's not mess with the status quo. This is our ivory educational tower, and, and we're happy in it. I think those that are truly forward-looking and those that believe that education should continue to evolve will have no problem agreeing to this. I would say that within every faculty in any university, frankly, in the world, there's someone in that faculty who believes that change is coming and it's really important. And it's important to find that particular person and bring them into your cause and bring them into your your vision for what you wanna create. There's a lot of
0: discussion about uh, having a better complement of skills in individuals, having the soft skills as well as the hard skills. We just did a big report called Humans Wanted, which demonstrated the growing demand for human skills, collaboration, communication, critical thinking, stuff you learn in law school. How do you ensure the engineers and people with the hard skills also have those power skills, soft skills, human skills, whatever
1: yeah. you want to call them? It's, it's, it's super important. And, and I think in the past, one of the downsides of traditional education in the past was, as I had when I was at McGill, was you had to pick something. I picked economics, but I couldn't pick economics and then take, take a little of engineering, take a little bit of writing, take a little poli-sci. Um, I wasn't able to create what I would call well-rounded academic curriculum. I was sort of forced into one bucket. One of the reasons that I think these co-op programs, particularly like what we're doing with Carlton, is so important is because these students don't just spend time only with the engineering uh, R&D teams at Shopify. They also spend time with my teams, the business teams. They, ha- they also learn how to, uh, how to market things. They also learn how to support things. They learn how to sell things. The idea for us is to provide these interns and, and these co-op students with a much more well-rounded education through the, the practicality that happens within a business.
0: We started by talking about what Canada has going for it. Curious what you think
1: Canada needs. So we started the conversation a little bit around swagger, and, and our, our prime minister mentioned uh, Canada needs more swagger on stage at Shopify United, and I absolutely agree with that. Um, I would just add to it, It's I don't think it's just about swagger. I think it's also about raising, I think we have a lot of ambition. I think we have a lot of incredible talent. We have to do a better job of, maybe that is swagger, of, of just telling our stories and being a lot more proud of what we're up to and being a lot more vocal about our ambitions and not being not being embarrassed to say we want to build the greatest retail commerce company on the planet. Toby and I have been saying that since day one here. And uh, you know, Toby wrote an op-ed this week in the Globe and Mail where he talked about that it was kind of strange to him that he came to Canada and he was blown away by the incredible talent. But he was confused as to why more people weren't verbose about it and weren't more proud of that. And I think we have to turn up our soapbox a little bit and just be a lot more, feel a lot more comfortable saying this is the greatest country. And I really believe it is. We're building some of the greatest companies on the planet, which I believe we are with some of the greatest entrepreneurs on the planet, which I believe we have. So I think that's what it is. And honestly, I think one of the things that I take personally is that I think uh, Shopify has been quite successful and we still have a lot to do in front of us. Um, But I think we now have a responsibility and I think I have a responsibility to act as a bit of a uh, a role model for that and and as an advisor to other startups, which is why I spend so much time not just investing, but working with startups to raise their level of ambition. uh, Because I think that there is no better place on the planet to build great companies uh, than Canada.
0: Well, thanks, Harley, for making Shopify such a great story and a a, a real standard for Canadians.
1: And Thanks for being part of
0: RBC Disruptors.
1: Thanks for having me, John. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for downloading RBC Disruptors. Our show this week was produced and edited by Peter Henderson. You can reach us at rbcdisruptors at rbc.com and join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag RBC Disruptors. I'm John Stackhouse. Thanks so much for listening.